0: Hi, welcome back to the Old Testament podcast. This will be for Exodus chapter 22. Verse 1, If a man steal an ox or a sheep and kill it and, or sell it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. If a thief be found breaking up and be smitten that he die, there shall no blood be shed for him. If the sun be risen upon him, there shall be blood shed for him. For he should make full restitution if he have nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft." If the theft be certainly found in his hand alive whether it be ox or ass or sheep he shall be he shall restore double if a man shall cause a field or vineyard to be eaten and shall put his put in his beast and shall feed in another man's field of the best of his own field, uh, and of the best of his own vineyard, shall he make restitution. If fire break out, and catch in thorns, so that the stacks of corn, or the standing corn, or the field be consumed therewith, he that kindled the fire shall surely make restitution. If a man shall deliver unto his neighbor money, or stuff to keep, and it be stolen out of the man's house, if the thief be found, let him pay double. If the thief be not found, then the master of the house shall be brought unto the judges, and see whether he have put his hand unto his neighbor's goods." For all manner of trespass, whether it be for ox, for ass, for sheep, for raiment, or for any manner of lost thing, which another challengeth to be his, the cause of both parties shall come before the judges, and whom the judges shall condemn, he shall pay double unto unto his neighbor. If a man deliver unto his neighbor an ass, or an ox, or a sheep, or any beast, to to keep, and it die, or be hurt, or driven away, no man seeing it, then shall an oath of the Lord... Be between them both, that he hath not put his hand unto his neighbor's goods, and the owner of it shall accept thereof, and he shall not make it good. And if it be stolen from him, he shall make restitution unto the owner thereof. And if it be torn in pieces, then let him bring it for witness, and he shall not make him good that which was torn. And if a man borrow aught of his neighbor, and it be hurt, or die, the owner thereof being not with it, he shall surely make it good. But if the owner thereof be with it, he shall not make it good. If it be a hired thing, it came for his hire. And if a man entice a maid that is not betrothed, and lie with her, he shall surely endow her to be his wife. If her father utterly refuse to give her unto him, he shall pay money according to the dowry of virgins." Law of restitution. First, the ratio of restitution is established. If a man shall steal an ox or a sheep and kill it or sell it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. Multiple restitution rests on a principle of justice. Sheep are capable of a high rate of reproduction and have use not only as meat, but also by means of their wool for clothing as well as other uses. To steal a sheep is to steal the present and future value of a man's property. The ox requires a higher rate of restitution, fivefold, because the ox was trained to pull carts and to plow and, to, and, and was used for a variety of, of uh, farm tasks. The ox, therefore, had not only the value of its meat and its usefulness, but also the value of its training. In that training, an ox for work was a task requiring time and skill. It thus commanded a higher rate of restitution. Clearly, a principle of restitution is in evidence here. Restitution must calculate not only the present and future value of a thing stolen, but also the specialized skills involved in its replacement. Second, theft could involve problems with respect to defense against the thief. A, house, a housebreaker at night can be legitimately killed by householders to defend their property. It is part of their legitimate defense of themselves and their properties. There is no reason to assume that this breaking does not cover the barn or, today, a garage. In daylight, however, the killing of a thief, except in self-defense, is manslaughter. The thief can then be identified and apprehended so that this in itself is a protection." If the thief cannot make restitution, he is to be sold into slavery in order to satisfy the requirement of restitution. This means today some kind of custody whereby the full income of the convicted thief is so ordered that full restitution is provided for. Third, the law specified the restitution required of a thief caught in the act or caught before disposing of the stolen goods. In such cases, the thief was to restore the thing stolen and its equivalent, i.e. the exact amount he expected to profit by in his theft, This is the minimum restitution. A man who steals $100 must restore not only the $100, but another $100 as well. Fourth, certain acts, whether deliberate or accidental, incur a liability which requires restitution, for to damage another man's property is to rob him of a a measure of its value. The restitution in all such cases depends on the nature of the act. If fruit trees or vines are damaged, then future production is damaged and the liability is in proportion thereto. Criminal law no longer has more than sur- survivals of the principle of restitution. Civil law must, civil suit must now be um, be filled in by offended party to recover damages and then, re- and then without regard to the Bible principle. Fifth, in Exodus 22, 7 to 13, responsibility is determined for goods held in custody. Property deposited in the hands of another for safekeeping might be so easily embezzled by the trustee or lost through his negligence, that some special laws were needed for its protection. Conversely, the trustee required to be safeguarded against incurring loss if the property entrusted to his care suffered damage or disappeared without fault of his. The Mosaic legislation provided for both cases. On the one hand, it required the trustee to exercise proper care and made him answerable for the loss. If a thing entrusted to him was stolen and the thief not found, embezzlement it uh, embezzlement it punished by requiring the just the trustee guilty of it to pay double on the other hand in doubtful cases it allowed the trustee to clear himself by an oath and in clear cases to give proof that the loss had happened through unavoidable accident sixth in case of rental or of loan certain principles of liability are in work If a man borrows and damages the property of another, he is liable for the damages. He has destroyed or harmed the property of another man and is thereby guilty of theft. Restitution is mandatory. If the owner owner came to assist him voluntarily as a good neighbor, the damage is the owner's because his property was damaged while under his own supervision. This is all the more true if he is working for hire. Because his rental of his services with ox, ass, tractor, or any other equipment, includes the wear and tear, the maintenance and damages to his working equipment. Seventh, seduction is not only an offense against the seventh commandment, but also against the eighth, in that it involves robbing a girl of her virginity. Compensation or restitution meant that he shall pay money according to the dowry of virgins. Significantly, the word translated pay is in Hebrew way, money was then by weight, a weight of a shekel of of silver or gold. In all these cases, there is not only judgment by God against the offender, but also restitution to the offended. Restitution, thus, is closely linked to atonement, to justice, and to salvation. That was by Rushduni in the Institutes of Biblical Law. Verse 18, thou shalt not suffer a witch, uh, the, the Joseph Smith translation says, a murderer to live. Which uh, is not uh, the right translation? That changes a lot, doesn't? It, about the witch trials in ha- in Salem, Massachusetts. Hmm. Verse nineteen Whosoever lieth with a beast shall surely be put to death, he that sacrificeth unto any God save unto the Lord only, he shall be utterly destroyed. Thou shalt neither vex a stranger nor oppress him, for ye are, ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. Ye shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If thou afflict them in any wise, and they cry at all unto me, I will surely hear their cry. And my wrath shall wax hot, and I will kill you with the sword, and your wives shall be widows, and your children childrenless. No, fatherless. Additional capital crimes in the midst of the laws of restitution. The Lord lists several other crimes worthy of death. In other words, some crimes were so serious that restitution had to be made with one's own life. These crimes included witchcraft. Uh, Now, I mentioned that that's not uh, the correct translation. It was really a murderer. One commentator explained why from the severity of this law against witches we may see in what light these were viewed by divine justice. They were seducers of the people from their allegiance to God, on whose judgment alone they should depend, and by impiously prying into futurity, assumed an attribute of God, the foretelling of future events, which implied in itself the grossest blasphemy, and intended to corrupt the minds of the people by leading them away from God and the revelation he had made of himself. Many of the Israelites had no doubt learned these curious arts from their long residence from the Egyptians, and so much were the Israelites attached to them that they that we find such arts in in repute among them and various practices of this kind prevailed throughout the whole of the Jewish history, with, notwithstanding the offense was capital and in all cases punished with death in the Joseph Smith translation, however, the word "witch is replaced by the word murderer. Number 2 sexual perversions with animals one of the most evil of sexual sins 3 idol worship worship of a false god is to is to the spiritual man what murder is to the physical man direct and devastating death alma the younger understood this principle when he said of the of his period of apostasy yes and i had murdered many of his children or rather led them away unto destruction neglect of widows and orphans in this case however rulers were not allowed to impose the death penalty the lord reserved that right to himself Verse twenty-five: If thou lend money to any of my people that is poor by thee, thou shalt not be to him as a usurer; neither shalt thou lay upon him usury—that's uh, excessive amount of interest. If thou at all take a, take thy neighbor's raiment to pledge, thou shalt deliver it unto him by that by that the sun goeth down. In other words, if you pledged your cloak to somebody, you had to give it back to him at night because that's their covering at nighttime. For that is his covering only, it is his raiment for his skin, wherein shall he sleep, and it shall come to pass when he crieth unto me, that I will hear, for I am gracious. Thou shalt not revile against God nor curse the ruler of thy people. Thou shalt not delay to offer the first of thy fruit of thy ripe fruits fruits, and to thy liquors the first born of thy son, thou shalt thou shalt give unto me. Likewise thou shalt do with thine oxen and with thy sheep, seven days it shall be with his with his dam on the eighth day thou shalt give it me. The statutes which follow, verses 18 to 30, are quite different in character from those which had preceded. This, uh, this appears even from the omission of the if by which all the previous ordinances had been introduced. In truth, they do not contemplate as the others any possible case, but they state and ordain what must never be allowed to take place. They are beyond the province of ordinary civil legislation and concern Israel as being specially the people of Gad. As such, they express what Jehovah expects from his own people, bound to him by covenant, and this, perhaps, is is the most wonderful part of the legislation, regulating and ordering that no civil rule has ever sought to influence. As before, the series of statutes begins by interdicting what is contrary to the God, consecrated character of the the nation. Thus, at the outset, all magic is exterminated, and with it all unnatural crimes and idolatrous practices, in short, as before in worship. So now in life, heathenism, its powers, its violence, and its corruptions are swept aside. On the other hand, in opposition to all national exclusiveness, the stranger, though not the strange god, is to be kindly welcomed. Widows and the fatherless are not to be humiliated, Those in temporary need not to be vexed by usury, God as the supreme lawgiver is not to be reviled, nor yet are are those appointed to rule under him to be cursed. The tribune due to the Lord as king is to be cheerfully given, and the holy dignity of his people not to be profaned even in their daily habits. And that was by Edersheim. Verse 31, And ye shall be holy men unto me, neither shall ye eat any flesh that is torn of beasts in the field. Ye shall eat Ye shall cast it to the dogs. The word translated "liquors" comes from a Hebrew word meaning to weep and denotes the juice of the vine or oil of the, or oil of the olive, not necessarily fermented juice. These laws were to symbolize the willing consecration of the people of Jehovah. And that was out of the institute manual. All right, uh, that's the end of the chapter. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.